there, I'm Sarah, your natural endometriosis expert. Welcome to my podcast. This is the place to be for information, advice and tips on managing your endometriosis naturally. I've been managing my own endo now successfully for about 20 years and I've been running my own therapy business since 2008, helping others to do the same. If you're curious to cut through all the noise and rubbish that's out there and learn the key to managing endometriosis with minimal reliance on drugs and surgery, then this is the only podcast you'll need. Let's get started. Hello there. Today we are going to talk about the symptoms of endometriosis. Now the thing to remember from this podcast is this is not a definitive list of symptoms. So if you're getting symptoms that aren't on this list, that's perfectly valid. If you're not getting any of the symptoms on this list, this is perfectly valid as well. It does not mean that you don't have endometriosis. Um, The other thing to say is that the symptoms that you get with endo don't necessarily correlate to the grade of endometriosis you've been diagnosed with. So if you've been diagnosed with significant endo and you're listening to this thinking, I don't have any of those symptoms or I hardly have any of those symptoms. That doesn't mean that your grading of your di- of your diagnosis is incorrect. Um, equally, you might have um, been diagnosed with less severe endometriosis and be ticking all of these boxes. So again, that's not to say that your diagnosis is incorrect. If you have any questions or any concerns about any of the symptoms you're experiencing, then do go and see your GP or your specialist or come and talk to somebody like me who can offer a little bit of advice. So let's dive in. So the most obvious symptom associated with endometriosis is pain. And I say obvious because this is the one thing that most people I speak to, most people I work with report having. Um, And that's predominantly pain in the abdomen at various parts of the cycle. Now, most people assume um, pain around the time of bleeding as endometriosis pain, and they're not necessarily wrong to assume that. However, you can get pain at different parts of the cycle, sort of around ovulation or um, after your bleed, or indeed at any time during your menstrual cycle. Interestingly, pain isn't the predominant reason why people come and seek help with their endometriosis, because we're kind of educated that pain is a normal part of the menstrual cycle, part and parcel of being a woman. I think I was it was referred to when I was taught about the menstrual cycle as one of the burdens of being a woman, which is just lovely, isn't it? Um, but because we're sort of led to believe that pain or some pain during the menstrual cycle is normal, most people just suck it up and try and get on with it and just assume that it is normal. If you do go to the doctor with pain around your menstrual cycle, then more often than not, um, you are just told it's part and parcel of the of, of, of periods. Um, so most people don't come to me with pain as the predominant issue, although most people I work with do have pain and significant pain. Um, so there we go, sort of pain in the in the abdomen is the most obvious example. It doesn't necessarily have to be around the time of bleeding and it doesn't necessarily have to be around your ovaries or your womb either. You can experience pain in the bowel and the bladder, so when you're going to the toilet. Um, and pain can travel as well, so you can experience pain in the hip, pain in the pelvis, pain in the lower back is also really common, pain in the knees, pain in the diaphragm, moving up the body towards the lungs, pain in the shoulder as well is often quite common. And the reason we get these pains is, again, unique to the, well, not unique to the person, but differs from person to person. So there's various things that can cause pain when you've got endometriosis. Um, inflammation is the most obvious one. So in, um, endometriosis is an inflammatory condition. So we get inflammation 
around our body, wherever we've got endo. That's one of the reasons we get pain. Also, scar tissue causes a lot of scarring. Dehydration as well, when we're struggling with endo, especially if we're getting the heavy bleeds and the flooding and the clotting, then um, which are all symptoms of endometriosis, then dehydration is a major thing as well. Also, overworked muscles. Pain causes tension in the muscles. Stress, anxiety causes tension in the muscles. So those muscles can become painful as well. So that actually does cause a little bit of the pain as well. And then throughout our body, we've got the connective tissue that's connecting everything within our systems together. And that can become inflamed, scarred, um, adhesions adhere, and all that sort of thing. Exactly the same that happens on the muscles happens in the soft tissue as well. So we've got all of that going on, which is causing the pain. And that's also the reason that we get different types of pain as well. I always say the Inuits have so many different words for snow. And I always say that we should have the same for pain, because when I'm asking about pain, I always want to know what type of pain it is. So you can get with endo, there's certainly very many common types of pain. So you can get like a heat, a hot searing pain, a heat, heat sensitive sort of pain, um, a pulling pain, pulsating pain, dull aches, throbbing pains, pulsating pains. Um, I think I'm repeating now, but you can get the message. There's loads of different pain that you get with endo. So you can have pain in different places, different types of pain and for different reasons. And the pain itself can come and go with different things. So you can get pain when you're not really doing anything at all. You can get pain when you're exercising, when you're moving, when you're twisting, when you're lifting, bending, um, when you're having sex, when you're going to the toilet. All of these pains can, um, can manifest at different times or with different activities as well. Uh, headaches are really common as well. I do work with a lot of women who get migraines and get really severe headaches. Um, now, some of these pains are caused with hormone imbalances. So if you have a hormonal element to your endometriosis, which isn't everyone, um, you can get those sort of pains that we associate with hormones. So for example, aching joints, headaches, um, all that kind of hormonal issue can bring on these things, or it can be related to stress, anxiety, or the inflammation. Headache doesn't tend to be the inflammation. Headache tends to be either hormonal dehydration or stress and anxiety. One of those three things is predominantly the cause of the migraines and the headaches that I see. So moving away from pain, although that is the most um, predominant thing that people talk about, um, fatigue is actually the symptom that people come to see me most about. So when the fatigue gets so bad that people are struggling to concentrate, falling asleep, feeling tired all the time, that seems to be the most impacting symptom that we have. We're not able to get on with fatigue the same way that we can get on with pain. It's not quite as easy to brush fatigue under the, under the carpet. So this is the most common um, symptom of endo that people come to see me with. Now fatigue in itself is debilitating and fatigue with endo, again you can get fatigue at various points of the cycle, at various points of the day or just randomly as well depending on what you've got going on in your life. So stress and anxiety again play a huge part in fatigue. Other symptoms are bloating, um, any kind of bowel digestive related problems as well can be linked to endometriosis and we'll talk a lot about gut health in, in future episodes. Anxiety. I see a lot of anxiety. In fact, I don't think I've, I've really ever worked with anybody with endo who doesn't have 
anxiety as well. Um, we'll talk about triggers for endo in future podcasts, but anxiety is very much a symptom of endometriosis as well. Similarly with depression. I've worked with a lot of women with depression because of endo. And again, anxiety and depression can have a hormonal element or it can be situational because living with um, chronic conditions like endo is really hard work and that can take its toll emotionally. So you can have a symptom of endo based again on the hormonal aspect or just on what's going on at the moment. Heavy periods, very, very common in endometriosis. Flooding, so flooding is um, sort of where you stand up and you can't prevent the bleeding. You don't have to be standing up, that's just an example, but where the bleeding is so heavy, it, it can't be controlled and it, it floods. Um, that's very common with endometriosis. Cis, um, not cysts, um, clots in the bleeding as well. Um, so if you're getting, most, most women do clot a little bit during their menstrual bleed um, but if the clots are significant in number so if there's a lot of clots in the bleed or if the clots are bigger than a, a 5p piece then that's classed as sort of significant clotting and that's definitely a symptom of your endometriosis. Um, long periods and short periods um, again long periods tend to be an issue but I've also worked with women who have just a bleed for a day um, and again we'll talk about menstrual cycles in another podcast um, interestingly, a lot of people that I've spoken to over the years have been told that they can't have endometriosis by the GPs because their cycles are regular. Um, regular cycles are a symptom, I suppose, are, are normal or are healthy for people with endometriosis. They are very common, I should say, for people with endometriosis. Long cycles and short cycles are also common as well, but um, endometriosis doesn't necessarily impact on your cycle. It does depend how much of a hormonal aspect you have to your endo, but it is very, very possible to have a 28, 29 day cycle and still have endometriosis. So if anybody tries to tell you that you can't have endo because you have a normal length cycle, healthy length cycle, do not believe them. Um, so yeah, different times of cycles um, is a symptom of endometriosis, but it doesn't have to be. That's that's kind of a less common one. Even less common is infertility. So again, you'll hear a lot of talk around fertility and endo, and this is another podcast um, further down the line as well. Um, but infertility or fertility problems conceiving can be a symptom of endometriosis, but it's not quite as simple as that, and it's certainly not as common as you're led to believe. So don't believe people if you say just because you have endo, you can't have children. It doesn't correlate like that at all. So I've mentioned um, bowel issues. Any sort of digestion problems can be linked to endometriosis. So we see a lot of women with constipation or diarrhea or a mix of the two at various parts of the cycle. Um, excessive wind as well is also a symptom of endo and vaginal wind as well, which is something we don't really talk about. But that's that can be a symptom of endometriosis as well. So if you're struggling with any of those, don't be embarrassed. Um, it's part and parcel of your endo. And actually it can get worse as well as the toxic buildup gets worse um, in your bowel because of your endo. And that's something again that we'll address in later podcasts. But that's also why we see a lot of dual diagnosis or misdiagnosis as IBS as well, because endo is inherently linked to our gut health. And again, not for everybody, but, but for a lot of people it is. So we also see toxic discharge. And again, the most common time of this I see is around the bleed. So either before the menstrual bleed or directly after the menstrual bleed, we kind of got to get a grey or we can get grey sort of brownie discharge. Sometimes it's quite toxic smelling as well. Um, it doesn't have to be around the bleed. Um, a lot of people report that during ovulation or again at any time of the cycle. But discharge can be quite a common, common symptom for endometriosis.
And then almost like um, menopausal type symptoms. So we start to see sweats, anxiety, brain fog, forgetfulness, all the kind of things that we associate with the hormonal cycles, with the, an out of balance, out of keel to hormonal cycle. We can get them as well. Also things like dry skin, that's really common. Dry skin on the face, on the scalp, on the arms. I find that a lot with people. Um, and also similarly with hair dry hair, greasy hair, or even a loss of hair as well, that, that's a common endometriosis symptom. And nails as well, brittle nails, we see a lot of brittle nails. There's also a condition that's linked to the hormonal aspect of endo as well, that sees a buildup of calcium underneath the nails. Um, and I also believe you can get endometrial tissue under the nails as well, although I've yet to, um, yet to have that proven. So yes, that is a not definitive list of the symptoms that we get with endometriosis. Um, the most common ones that I see on a on a client by client basis. Um, it suffice to say as well that the pain that comes with endo, like I say, it can be because of the inflammation, it can be the scar tissue, the dehydration, the overworked muscles, the connective tissue, and actually it can just be because of the endometriosis itself. So wherever you have endometrial deposits, wherever you have got your endometriosis, you can obviously experience the pain um, in, those, in those areas. So things like lower back pain, bowel pain, blood pain, that can be because that's where, or predominantly that's where you've got the adhesions for the endometriosis. So it is worth tracking your symptoms. Um, this is a, the only real way you can really understand how endometriosis manifests for you. Um, I do have a symptom tracker, which I will put a link to in the comments. So if you use um, sort of the apps for tracking your periods, they are really good in terms of getting to understand your cycle, getting to know um, how your cycle manifests for you but it doesn't necessarily explore the other stuff around the energy levels, the emotional um, the emotional impact, the, the things like the sweats and the brain fog and things like that. So I do have a tracker that you're more than welcome to download from my, um, from my website or one of my websites. Um, track your symptoms. I say this to all my clients. When people start working with me, I tend to ask them to track for three cycles before we start. Um, or at least one cycle so we can start to really get to see what's linked to the endometriosis um, and it's a really really good way of definitively sort of identifying how your endometriosis is for you now whether you're working with somebody like me or not it's also really really helpful to take to your doctors and your specialists because then you can start to say well hang on my bloating's happening every month at this time or um, my skin flare up, my psoriasis flare up happens around this time every month or around this time of every cycle. So it's really, really knowledge is power. And when you really understand the symptoms that are linked to your endo, even the symptoms that you've never contemplated being linked to your endo before, write them all in the tracker. And if there isn't space for it in the tracker, let me know because I'll update the tracker because I want that tracker to be as comprehensive as it can be. Um, I've put the main things on there, but there will be things that you're experiencing that aren't on there. So write everything down, journal everything, record everything, and then you can really start to see the symptoms that your endometriosis is, um, is manifesting. So I hope this helps. If you have any questions, you know where I am. Any concerns or worries about your endo, like I say, speak to your GP, your specialist or somebody like me. Take care. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you liked what you heard, then please hit the subscribe button and make sure you don't miss any future episodes. You can also leave a review too to help spread the word to managing endometriosis naturally to as many people as possible. That is my mission. 
And if this podcast has inspired you to take the next step to managing your own endometriosis successfully, then please head over to my website, naturalendometriosisexpert.com to see different ways of working with me to bring that dream of living without endometriosis one step closer. Or for less than the price of a posh coffee a month, you can also become a patron to this podcast and get access to a load more endometriosis resources, as well as my monthly endometriosis clinic question and answer session. See you next time.